I know some of them think people think, oh, tracking my food, but you don't have to track your food all the time, just if you have a headache. So write down on that calendar, like what you ate that day, what you ate the day before, you know, where in your cycle it was, if there was any stressful events, like if you were in a different environment, things mm-hmm. like that can play a role. Hi everyone, and welcome to Superwomen Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we are determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And joining me today is Dr. Meg Mill. Now, who's ruined a day because of a bad headache, a migraine, keeps you in bed, makes you call out of work. No one's got time for that. We've got things to do. So we brought Dr. Mill in to help us break down all things migraines but also tell us a little bit about her story. She is actually a functional medicine practitioner and best-selling author, podcast host, and speaker. In her virtual functional medicine practice, she works with patients worldwide to heal the root cause of their health struggles through advanced diagnostic testing and personalized support. She's been seen on Fox News Channel, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and in Reader's Digest and has appeared on many podcasts. Yeah, She's particularly yeah. passionate about helping people end headaches and migraines, increase energy and restore mental clarity without drugs or overwhelming protocols with her proven eat method, which you're going to have to tell us about. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mill. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. We're thrilled to have you here. Well, I always will definitely get into headaches. We'll definitely get into migraines, but we always want the backstory on how you got into functional medicine to begin with, and also why headaches became kind of your area of expertise. Absolutely. So I um, was on the conventional side. I graduated with a PharmD and then went on to do a residency in in ambulatory care clinical pharmacy. So I was seeing patients in outpatient clinics, and I had been doing this for years and really just kept seeing people really survive rather than thrive. I knew the yeah. protocols. I knew why they were getting put on the medications, but we're like building medication after medication and really not seeing that change that you really want to see. And in the same vein, I was having my own health struggles where here I am going to specialists and saying like, okay, I'm having these issues and being told you're fine. I hate those. Like you're fine. You're the picture yeah. of health. Like, and I didn't feel it. And I got to a point where it's like, I didn't even know what I could eat. It was just like, I remember my mother at Christmas saying, I don't even know what to make you. And I'm like, I don't even even know what I can eat either. And it was just where I was dealing with these struggles and it made me want to make a change. So I started looking into more natural approaches and I found functional medicine and I love to learn. So I'm like, okay, what's this new approach and different, you know, I really felt like that can kind of be a balance between really some holistic approaches and with really looking at some, you know, not going too far to the other side, but really looking at it for a functional approach. And so I dug in and then I was like, wow, this seems like my path and my passion. So then I went back and got the certifications in functional medicine and open uh, practice. And and really now I love it. I'm able to see those real transformations in people and the way they feel and and what they really want to feel in that optimal way. So when I opened my practice, I started noticing that people come to me for all different reasons. And, and I, um, 
do a really detailed intake questionnaire and symptom questionnaire when they come. And particularly with women, uh-huh. I was noticing this pattern and I was seeing either they were coming to me like because they were suffering from migraines that were debilitating and they were like wiping their days out and they weren't able to missing work or missing events with children or another thing that was happening was, or they answer, they're not even coming to me for headaches, but when I'm doing these questionnaires, they're filling out that they're having regular headaches. They're having regular migraines. They're taking Advil regularly or Tylenol or some sort of medication to treat them, but they're, it's so normal for them that they're not even actually evaluating that as one of their top health priorities. And it was just the same pattern that I kept seeing over and over. And then we'd work together and they would say, oh my gosh, my headaches are gone. I never even thought I could have, you know, I never thought this was possible. I never thought I could get to a place without headaches. And I just kept seeing this pattern repeat over and over. And I thought, wow, we're just normalizing and particularly in the conventional space, you're band-aiding the treatment rather than really getting the root cause. And we're also sometimes normalizing headaches and thinking, okay, it's it's normal to just be someone who suffers with headaches. So I really became passionate to make that known that you don't have to. Wow. So are most of your clients women? Is it female? Mostly women. I do see men, but mostly, especially in the headache space, I think it unfortunately affects women a lot more often than men. So let's break down the headache piece of this conversation. So all headaches are the same, treat them all similarly, can break down maybe the different types of headaches and yes. what we need to be thinking about when we're experiencing one and maybe asking the right questions to our doctor so we get the solutions that actually work. Yeah. So there are definitely different types of headaches. So we're looking, the most common type of headache people have is a tension headache. And that's Mm -hmm. when you're going to get that dull band across your forehead. Most often there's not really a pattern to that. They generally don't last a long time. Um, You know, when we're looking at the migraine headaches, we're looking at the more of the pattern where you can have the aura, you can have the nausea and vomiting. You have the light sensitivity, the noise sensitivity. You want to get in a, a really dark place where you're not moving much. And then we can even look at the opposite and, and look at a cluster headache, which is mm-hmm. a really intense short period where it sometimes movement can actually relieve pain of a cluster headache. Um, and then we can get into hypoglycemic headaches where you're getting that because you have low blood sugar. So there's, there's very variations in, in patterns, but really ultimately, no matter what type of headache, we want to look at the root cause and the connection to other things going in your on in your body. So whether you're a migraine sufferer or whether you just regularly get tension headaches or whether you're cluster, there's still underlying things that are going on that are common for people that have all of the different types of headaches that we really need to dive into and look and really fix. And once we kind of get those figured out, then we see the headaches decrease dramatically with both incidence and severity. Well, you may already know that I'm super passionate about Chinese medicine and the acupuncture points for migraines and for headaches are often digestive points. So for example, large intestine, which is right here, kind of by the nose, the gallbladder points that we often use in acupuncture for headaches, which is kind of set up here, the stomach meridian points. Chinese medicine already knew about the connection between gut and diet and headaches. What are you seeing in practice? What are people missing when it comes to that very important player and headaches? Yeah. So we're, when we're looking at the gut health, I want to look at, we look at it kind of in two prongs. So we're going to look at it in the microbes and what's going on in your microbiome and why, and you know, if you have this dysbiosis, if you have bacteria, 
that are causing different, you know, changes in, in your body. And that can lead particularly with headaches sometimes to food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. So when we start to get the food sensitivity, we get that immune response, that inflammation that then will cause the headache. So sometimes, you know, we're, we're looking at, at fixing the gut imbalances, fixing the, the microbiome, but then we also want to take that a step further and look at the, then at the diet. So we want to mm -hmm. individually look at food sensitivities and what food sensitivities are happening for individuals. And so, and that's unique to each person. So we, we do, and you know, I do a lot of food sensitivity testing, but you can also even start with like looking up elimination diets and, and just really cutting out, you know, big culprits can be gluten and dairy. They can mm -hmm. be big potentiators. So if you're just like, okay, I want to do a trial, you just have yeah. to make sure if you're doing that trial, you're doing it long enough. Right. Um, because I think sometimes people are like, oh, I tried it. It didn't work. Right. Like, well, right. we tried it for yeah. a week or two and right. we didn't see a difference yet. Um, but then we also went the, with the diet aspect, have like another bucket. Mm -hmm. And we know there's data supporting certain food groups and headaches. Um, where it can get confusing is it's not the same for every person. So it can be, and it can also be about a, a threshold when it comes to the food. So mm -hmm. you could potentially, so we know some of the common food groups are like foods with tyramine, foods with histamine related foods. We know um, MSG, foods that have mm -hmm. MSG, salicylates, uh, even caffeine, because it yep. has those rebound headache effects. But sometimes people will say, well, you know, I had a glass of, we're going to, we'll use wine. Like I had a glass of wine and I didn't have a headache, but then I, I had it again and I did, but it must not be the wine because I've had that and I don't get a headache every time I drink it. But it can also be about that threshold. So maybe you had some wine with some aged cheese and that was just the threshold that it took your body to get the headaches. So I say we become sort of detectives and we, mm -hmm. we really look at all these foods and sometimes actually track them. So I sometimes will have people print out a, a blank calendar and then write down what you ate that day or the day before when that, when you get the headache, it's, it's a little more, more challenging for people that have chronic headaches, but when it's particularly ones that you're getting like, okay, I'm getting a headache this day. Well, what did I eat that day and the day before? And then start looking at some connections. I love that. That's a great way to begin for sure. I think people don't realize it is not just, they wait for a test. And if the test says I'm allergic or I'm intolerant, then they'll follow it. But the test sometimes doesn't pick up the tipping point, you know, whether it's an allergy test or whether it's a food intolerance test. So trying to understand what that tipping point is, is so important. So you mentioned tyramine, what are high tyramine foods? What are high histamine foods? What are the biggest offenders that might be triggering a headache? Yeah. So we, um, so tyramine foods can be things like I said, like aged cheeses, okay. um, wine would be another one cured. You think cured and aged foods when you're mm -hmm. thinking of tyramine foods, histamines, you think of like, um, fermented foods and shellfish can have, can have histamines, even histamines complicated because cooked, you have to be careful with histamine, even if a food like a meat is cooked and how many days after it's huh. been cooked that you eat it because the histamines can grow in food. So even if oh, it's wow. a food that doesn't have high histamines, you know, initially, if you're eating it like days later, it could actually grow those. So you, if you are someone that's prone to headaches, it's best to eat your foods within 24 hours. It helps to um, not have as many leftovers. And then um, when we're looking at like salicylates, we're looking at citrus foods. Um, nitrates would be like hot dogs and bacon and things like that. Um, when we talk about MSG, you find that in a lot of like processed and prepared foods. And then another one that can be common is aspartame, which would be in like diet sodas and right. diet foods. 
So I, that histamine accumulation is fascinating to me. So are there certain foods when they're left over will accumulate more histamines than others? Because so many people meal prep, right? And they prep food for like five days on Sunday. What would you, yeah. how do you handle and that? I know it's tricky for my people that suffer from headaches and migraines. So we do yeah. try to not do that for a period. So what I actually do is we start out and we're going to take a short window and we'll try to eliminate because some of these foods, because we just, just kind of have a clean slate yeah. and then we work on, you know, adding back in, it's not like a long elimination diet, but it's just like a short period to kind of get the clean slate. Then we add them back in and see. So it's sort of just that testing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do have them not, I I agree. The meal prepping can be wonderful for a lot of people, but when you're looking at histamines, we just want to be careful of that for a period of time while we're investigating just to make sure that you're not that you're not getting any buildup. So you could do it for like the beginning of the week, but I wouldn't probably recommend doing like, you know, Asa. doing that Sunday or freeze it, you know, that could help too. Got it. Okay. Interesting. It's such a, you know, our relatives in India that were older, like, and actually one of them came to visit recently. They were like, you guys eat leftovers. That's so bad for you. You know, so they're already kind of dialed, dialed into that idea there. What are some of the other causes of headaches and migraines that you see frequently? And that sometimes might honestly just get missed. Yeah. So another thing, big one is stress. So I say people get stuck in a chain of pain when we have increased cortisol, you know, when we're stressed and we're living in this sympathetic nervous system, a lot of the time, you know, the parasympathetic is the rest and digest. The sympathetic is that fight or flight. And so we, a lot of us are, and you know, we're intended to live more in that parasympathetic nervous system, but a lot of us are in that sympathetic place a lot of times. And so when that happens, our cortisol levels start to go up. And when we start to get high cortisol, we can release another um, hormone called prolactin, which can increase pain sensitivity, which can lead you into this cycle of like pain. And the, actually another thing with people with headaches is we all think of stress as our to-do list of what we have going on, but pain is a stressor. So we can have biological stress on our body. So you get stuck in this chain of pain. And so, you know, really taking things that can bring you back into the parasympathetic. And it, you know, I, I know, I don't know about you. I'm sure you're giving the same advice, but I Mm -hmm. say, don't, you don't have to climb a mountain. You can just take a few minutes out of your day and practice the deep breathing, find things that, you know, relate to you to bring yourself into a calm place. And if you do those more often, it's more effective and you're kind of building that muscle to be able to do it. I love that. And you know what? In practice, we will actually measure prolactin levels and they're often high. Mm -hmm. So I assume they were an androgen, like a part of like PCOS and that whole syndrome where, you know, those get overproduced when insulin's high or when stress is high. But it's interesting that you connect it to stress hormones and then to migraines. So Mm -hmm. do you see that as a pattern overall? It definitely can be. So what we're trying to do is, is really dial in and detect for each individual, you know, where they're, where it actually putting all the pieces together. So it's like, we have this piece of the puzzle and we have this piece of it. And I guess then that would lead us into like the next piece of the puzzle, which would be hormone balance. Mm -hmm. So we want to see, you know, where hormones are and kind of like relating to that high cortisol, then seeing estrogen dominance can be another Mm -hmm the reason that people are getting headaches and is particularly, I see women with the, um, I, the cyclical migraines when you're getting that migraine 
before your period or during, you know, at your ovulation time, then we're seeing that, you know, estrogen dominance, low progesterone, Mm. you know, that dynamic can also be another factor. So we're kind of puzzle piecing all of these things together. together. Um, Do you see estrogen dominance and migraines and headaches in menopausal women? Not as common in postmenopausal women, okay. but it would be more in that, you know, younger women and that perimenopause because mm-hmm. your progesterone is going down before your estrogen. So sometimes I think women can start to get worse, you know, if they're, if there's someone who has a propensity when we're going through that perimenopause, because we're getting the lower progesterone first, then you're in that more estrogen dominant state for a, for a period, a good period of time for a lot of women. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then for younger women and even other women that might be choosing like a birth control pill, and then that in turn triggers maybe headaches or migraines, what would you tell them? Like what's going on with that pill in particular? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things, you know, then you're, you're taking the synthetic hormones and then, you know, and then we're also have nutrient deficiencies when we take the pill. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of times the birth control pill is used for a, a band-aid that is, you know, one that's really not fixing that underlying hormone imbalance. And mm-hmm. so I also, you know, I, everybody has different reasons that they're taking birth control, (laughs) but it's not necessarily, I don't think an effective, I see people have been on that path and then we find a different way. And it's like, okay, this is more effective in the controlling of this particular thing individually anyway. Got it. Okay. And then you mentioned one more factor that we haven't touched upon. We talked about diet, gut, stress, hormones, what about toxicity? Where does that fit into everything? Yeah. So I see an environment and toxicity a lot too. So we know there are heavy metals that can lead to headaches. So particularly cadmium and lead are two that are strongly associated. And then we also want, so we want to look at that. We want to look at mold and, Mm -hmm. you know, mold can play a role in your headaches and then just your environment in general, we're bombarded by toxins all the time. So really taking a look at your house, at your products, at your, you know, what you're using on your skin, our skin is a giant mouth. And we don't, Mm -hmm. we think, I think we spend so much time thinking about what we eat, which is wonderful, but then we're not necessarily always paying attention to like what we're putting on our skin, what we're breathing, what we're surrounded by. So just making some simple things in your switches in your house. Like I do recommend often it's common even to have a lot of congestion Mm -hmm. for same for people that have headaches. So getting an air filter for your bedroom can be, um, very helpful just to make, you know, if you can pick one room, pick your bedroom, you're in there, you know, a good amount of time. And so getting an air filter, doing some things that are just switching up your beauty products. Every time you finish a bottle, just get a new one. That's cleaner, changing some cleaning products. Those all can play a big role in helping you relieve your headaches too. Are there a couple of toxins that you find most frequently or are directly linked to migraines? Well, a lot of times, you know, we're looking also at when we're talking about that toxin is, you know, estrogens because there's a hormonal aspect to headaches too. So, you know, I always have people switch out their plastics right away. And so if you can take your plastic containers that have, you know, particularly, I think it's really, um, people are heating plastic, unfortunately, mm-hmm. whether you're putting mm-hmm. it in the dishwasher, it can leach into your food and, um, to switch out your plastic containers for glass ones and just start doing some things like that, that can start to help. Is there testing that you like to pick up on, you know, some of this toxicity and what's happening there? 
Yeah, I do a lot of heavy metal testing. So I use ZRT a lot labs okay. for, yeah. for that. And um, so we, so we do, we do heavy metal testing. I do hormone testing to look at all the hormone imbalances that has the hormone, like all of the estrogen, progesterone, right. androgens, and the cortisol. And then, you know, we can do gut testing. It's, you know, we can do food sensitivity testing. Right. So, you know, it's really sometimes about how far we need to get to really find that root cause, but the listeners can actually just start by looking at connections. So if they're not able to get testing, you know, I, I love data. I love support, you know, supportive right. data, but at the same time, like what you're saying, they can get started looking at patterns right away. The other two things you can do right away are stay hydrated because mm -hmm. we want to make sure dehydration is an independent risk factor for headaches. And we also want to make sure we're staying hydrated at really at that cellular level. So really sipping your water through the day and not chugging it. Oh, wow. um, yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of times it's like, okay, we're thirsty. But, oh, yeah. you need to get water. You chug it. It's about goals, right? Get through <laughs> exactly. this. Right. Yes. Yeah. So we chug it and we're like, okay, we're good. But, um, you know, if we stay, if we sip it through the day, it's, it, you know, it's, it gets more in ourselves mm -hmm. at that cellular level. So I have people, you know, put a glass of water by your desk or, something just to keep that hydration level up. And then another one that's actually an independent risk factor for headaches too is sleep. Mm. So something as simple as getting a good night's sleep can actually be an effective way to get started too. And we, you know, I think it just putting a mirror up, like how much do you prioritize? Like we all right. have different right. patterns and sometimes like until you really look at your pattern, you right. don't realize like, am I getting enough sleep? Am I actually going to bed when I, you know, to get that full good quality sleep? Okay, I'm about to step into a very loaded question. Does chronic Lyme, chronic EBV, or chronic mold trigger migraines or headache? Yes. And so that like would be like another deeper step into okay. it. If, especially if you're someone who um, did not have headaches before, uh, okay. you know, we can often trace histories like, oh, I've had these for years. I've been, but if you're right. someone who's barely, like I wasn't really suffering from headaches, I didn't really have that as a part of my life. And then all of a sudden you're getting chronic headaches then we'll, you know, think like, okay, are, is there lying? Is there right. something underlying? Because that can definitely be bad. like mold. You're saying mold, like there's, mm -hmm. is there something that precipitated this change in such a kind of a drastic way? Wow. Do you see children also or no? I do. Yes. Yeah. I do help children. Yes. Yeah. Are because you, it's the same dynamic yeah, you know, it's yeah. just at a younger spot. So sometimes Are they getting more headaches and migraines and stuff like that, or not so much are they getting more? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, you know, I don't, I don't know the data on, you know, if that yeah. is something that, but I do think that people are becoming more proactive. Uh -huh. So they're actually searching out things for their kids where, again, we used to just say like, oh, that was, you know, right. genetic or that run, you know, I've heard so many times, oh, headaches run in our families or, yeah. you know, there's not a headache gene. There's right. SNPs that affect methylation and, you know, different processes of your body that may make it more difficult for you to potentially clear different toxins or, you know, process histamine or different things, but there, and that may make people in your family more likely to get headaches because you have those, you know, genetic right. SNPs, but at the same time, right. we can overcome each one of those. So there's not necessarily like this, this headache gene that sort of was just established that people in your family have headaches. Got it. So interesting. So, you know, someone out there suffering from headaches, they've got migraines. What would you tell them to do if we gave them like five steps? Would you, what would you tell them? Yeah. So the first thing I would have them do is, is print that calendar. And I think it sounds silly. I don't, I know some of them think people think, Oh, tracking my food, but you don't have to track your food all the time. Just if you have a headache. So write down 
on that calendar, like what you ate that day, what you ate the day before, you know, where in your cycle it was, if there was any stressful events, like if you were in a different environment too, you know, sometimes you can look at environment saying, okay, I was on vacation and I got the headache or, you know, when I'm on vacation, I don't get headaches, but I get them in my house and things Mm -hmm. like that can play a role. So doing that, then I would um, also, the next thing I would do would be stay hydrated. I would make sure that um, you're getting a good amount of sleep. And then, and then start to kind of get a little bit deeper and, and, you know, start paying attention to kind of your, your food and your diet and sense, you know, food sensitivities and look at, you know, you can look at your hormones and just clean up your environment and, you know, switch out some of those products. It doesn't have to be an overhaul, but if you just take one product at a time and start cleaning things up, it can make a big difference. I love it. I love how like many things an integrative or a holistic or functional approach is what ultimately works. Anything else you want to share with our audience before we let you go? Yes, you can. Well, I actually have a program specifically for um, headaches and migraines. And I run that a few times a year live with just a small group where we are like a, you know, a united group getting through through this to make a difference. So that can be found at um, happinessbeyondheadaches.com. And I actually have a free guide. So it's a little more in depth, um, some action work people can do to get started. And you can find that at www.headachefreedom.com. I'm also over on Instagram if you want to <laughs> at Dr. Meg Mill over there too. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today to, to share all your headache knowledge with us and for doing the work you're doing. We really appreciate it. And for everybody else watching and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, remember you can rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you post a review, email me at hello at drtaz.com and we'll send you a free bottle of boost. I will see you guys next time. 